for listening to 22 West Radio. That is 88.1 uh, KFM. Um, we are the new wave of uh, K-Beach, so on and so forth, formerly known as K-Beach, I guess you could say. Um, you are listening to the D49er update, and actually the first, first episode of the D49er update. Yeah, you you laugh at my enthusiasm, but it's, it's okay. Uh, so a brief preamble, uh, we are going over news today. Um, we are be going over sports later. Uh, news I know more about, so I'll be relying on our sports guest, uh, Luke, who is yet to be in the studio to kind of guide me and shepherd me through the woes of men's and women's basketball. Anyway, so in my seat to my left, I have... Miranda Andrade Seha. I'm the editor-in-chief at the Daily 49er. Yep. So, Miranda, uh, what are we talking about this week? Uh, we're going to talk about the Board of Trustees meeting that happened yesterday and today, but we're going to be focusing on uh, yesterday's meeting where they discussed a possible tuition increase. Mm-hmm. And what are the reasons and rationales behind that increase? Um, I would say it's the same as they've always been for every other <laughs> tuition increase. Um, there is a budget that the Board of Trustees would like to adopt. However, they are underfunded by the state government. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they are trying to think of ways to uh, fill in the gap. And of course, you know, tuition always comes up in that conversation. Yeah, of course. Well, that's the, the easy answer there, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And um, if I read correctly from the um, actual article that it's projected that um to like not tuition um state funding for Cal states will actually go further down than it already yes, is. Yes, it's so um they are the trustees are projecting that Governor Jerry Brown will allocate 102 million to the uh, CSU system. That's 55 million less than a year ago. So um yeah, it's continuing to kind of dwindle. Yeah, so. Okay, let's see here then. So what exactly are the, like, um, like, I wrote up questions for this, by the way, guys. Let me, <laughs> let's look, let's look at those look at the, to, questions. you know, pull back the kind of curtain of, or veil of professionalism mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Let's go through the list, dude. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what's like kind of the, like, the rough breakdown on the actual opportunity expenditures for, like, the school itself at large at the moment? Opportunity expenditures. Okay. Oh. All right. We're doing this. Um, (laughs) Well, are you referring to the infographic that we published online? You're referring to that, correct? Yes, I'm referring to the infographic. All right. Um, Well, I don't have the exact numbers on me. However, the... um, total amount of uh you know money that would go into the proposed 2018-19 CSU budget mm-hmm. is um 282.9 million dollars. Yeah. Um 75 million dollars uh of that would be going to the grad initiative mm-hmm. um which apparently has been uh very successful according to uh our president Jane Close Connolly who actually said I believe last year that um four-year graduation increased by 50%. Four-year graduation. And is this part of the 2024 plan, I believe it was? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's part of the 2024 plan. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's interesting, too, um, especially um, I was reporting on a story involving ASI a little while back, and there mm-hmm. was the, oh, God, what was the group that they were trying to partner with? that? Um, was it RISE? Yes, RISE. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know, man. It's like interesting to see the, these two competing ideas of what the future of public education is. Yes, definitely. Um, they're from totally opposite sides of the spectrum as well. Um, you know, Rise really believes in um, this kind of master plan CSU that, you know, existed in the 1960s where people could just go to school because at, at, at a CSU, you know, if mm-hmm. they were low income, if they were, you know, perhaps marginalized in some way or maybe, you know, the higher schools wouldn't even look at them, they could go to a CSU and get an education and not be ridiculously in debt. Uh-huh. Um, so basically our parents and grandparents. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, but, you know, with us it's a it's a little different um with our generation it's a little different just because um that master plan it was it was in the 60s you know that people really thought that this when it actually worked yeah the times were different the economy was different yeah and then they started taxing the csus and um ever since then it's just kind of been more and more money right Mm -hmm. um now what the what interests me, too, is the graduation initiative and how we can or the Board of Trustees can propose putting $75 million into the graduation initiative. Meanwhile, these um, you know people like Rise, they're arguing that, well, the more money that like the more you raise tuition, the mm. more difficult it is going to be for me to graduate. Yes, that's that is true. I mean, but. See, for me, I like to get a little bit editorial on here almost. It's always been difficult for me to, uh, how would you put it? Like, see actually past, like, the minutia of it. Because mm-hmm. you can see very good arguments for both sides. We mm-hmm. need, like, tuition dollars to actually fund this entire thing, to pay for decent teachers, to pay for decent classrooms, to pay for decent facilities, and so on and so forth. But at the same time, what is the point in having a classroom or a professor or so on and so forth if you can't afford to pay your tuition, Mm -hmm. you know? And then you have the issue of whether or not financial aid will actually cover it for some people. Mm -hmm. And I suppose what I'm getting to here, and once again, moving in more of an editorial direction, was your actual take on this? Do you think that we should be moving more towards actually... How do you put it? Increasing tuition, but also trying to match it with, um, like, financial aid. Or should we actually be hoping for, or at least aspiring for programs like RISE? Um, my personal opinion is that I feel that the original idea behind the CSU is a very pure and beautiful thing. And I wish with all of my heart that, you know that would be possible mm-hmm. at the same time i try to be realistic about it as well i don't think that we should be raising tuition you know i can't remember the last time that they voted down a tuition increase the board of trustees mm-hmm. typically every time they mention you know we might raise tuition tuition's going to be raised yeah. at the next meeting yeah um so yeah, I would I would say that what I appreciate about CSUs is that they are different from they are supposed to be different from you know UCs and private schools. It's a um, and to be fair, they mm-hmm. are like yeah. you know I mean you you can complain all you want about you know CSUs and the actual price of it, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I only had to take out like two grand in mm-hmm. loans for the semester, mm-hmm. which 
compared to what you know, just the amount what they're of playing, paying at USC, yeah, or UCLA, yeah, UCLA mm-hmm. or UC Berkeley or mm-hmm. so on and so forth. It's yeah. just oh, the average tuition is more. I know mm-hmm. that for a fact. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to produce fake yeah, news totally. by just throwing out a number there. <laughs> no, well, I mean, in terms of just. Um, in terms of how much things are, definitely CSULB doesn't charge nearly as much as UCLA or USC. Um, at the same time, I feel as though organizations like RISE are maybe trying to preserve, you know, mm. this, not just inexpensiveness, but this uh, accessibility to college. Yeah. And I do agree with that. Yeah, so it's... N- it's not just um like this lofty goal. Like this lofty goal of like free tuition, free mm-hmm. college is definitely like tied up into it, but there mm-hmm. is also a certain I don't want to say like conservationist, conservativist, mm-hmm. like keeping it's traditionalist in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping the CSU as affordable as it can be mm-hmm. or affordable as it is, which, you know, mm-hmm. as it is is it's not great, it's, but it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we have two ways we can go. We can keep raising tuition or we can, you know, pause and have a conversation about, you know, alternative sources of revenue that doesn't immediately, you know, put an extra burden on these students, you know, trying to get an education. But those are just my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that would come in the form of state funding, though, of course, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah and then, you know, Rise's argument is that the state should be cutting money from, um, you know, prisons and mm-hmm. uh, smoking taxes, I believe. Yeah. Should be funneling some money into there. Well, I mean, I don't know. Even as someone who's a smoker, I'm kind of okay with my vice, you know, paying for yeah, I Good never. Things. I don't really gripe about the price of uh, cigarette. Oh, packs. but we're we're digressing here yeah, at we this are. point. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I think we can go to. Oh no! Come on, system. There we go. Uh, no, cancel. Don't do that. Uh, all right. Keep uh, narrating. Yeah, I'm. I'm in case for those of you at home, the entire system I think went to sleep, so my panic was a little bit unjustified. But I feel like we're close enough to the 20-minute mark to um, actually run a song, um, play some music, and it's mainly because I have two people waiting out in the hallway trying to get in. Yeah. Hi! <laughs> All right. It looks so cute out there. Yeah. The, yep. Okay. So, and we are back with the D49er update. I had to remind myself of the name of the show for a second because, once again, it is our first show ever. So, you know, um, we're treating this a little bit like it's an experiment, like it's a test, kind of figuring out what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, and, you know, not taking judgment of our mistakes. Hence, me playing, like, three ads at once wasn't a bad thing. That's, that, is, that is my excuse I'm going with for the, like, for the night. Um, a little bit of a change from the original pacing. We are actually going to go into sports since our, our guys are here. Um, feel free to introduce yourselves. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm Luke Ramirez, the assistant sports editor at the Daily 49er. Um, sitting alongside our women's basketball beat writer, Kevin Collindrez. Hey guys. Yeah, we're ready to get into it if you are, Joel. Yeah, definitely. So, 
You mentioned talking about baseball first, uh, the dirtbags. Actually, you know what? Just because it's a little more timely, we're going to start with women's basketball. Um, they're starting off their season mm-hmm. on this weekend, actually, with a big home game against Pepperdine. Uh, we're going to start with last year, though. They're coming off a huge season. They were 23-11 and overall, 12-4 okay. in the Big West Conference on their way to winning the championship, which got them an automatic bid into the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, though, for the 49ers, they got bounced in the first game to Oregon State, lost a heartbreaker, 56-55 to was the final score, um, to eliminate them from the playoff contention. Um, that ultimately ended their dream season. Uh, but honestly... They have a fresh look this year. New head coaching job uh, with Jeff Cammon coming in. Uh, it's going to be a fresh start for a team. You know, obviously they're going to try to bounce back up from what they did last season. Um, but it should be exciting. You know, they're going to look for a lot of the same success they had last season. And, mm-hmm. you know, at that, we're going to kick it over to Kevin here to tell you a little bit more about the team. Oh, I mean, I have a little. Oh, you're going to talk about the team. Okay, cool. Just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, is the lineup pretty much the same? Are we getting no, new people? No, we actually have. A completely new team compared to last year. Uh-huh, we okay. actually have seven new freshmen join the team. There was only a few returners from last season. We only have three seniors on the team. So Jeff came. I was actually talking to Jeff today, and he was telling me how he knew it was going to be hard for him when he first joined, but he didn't imagine how stressful it would be. He I came in on the first day. Jeff came. That's uh, the coach. Yeah, Jeff okay. Cameron. Uh He came in on the first day, and there was only six players there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you obviously need a lot more than that. Yeah. So his first job was just to find people. And when I was talking to him, he was telling me how he knows so many people out there in the basketball world that really helped him out and helped him recruit. Mm-hmm. And he knows, like, it was so late into, like, the recruiting season that he wasn't sure if he'd be able to find, like, good talent for the team. But yeah. he was lucky enough to find. So it was a little bit of a struggle to get bodies on the court. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I've never been much of a follower of uh, college basketball or really basketball in any form. But I would imagine, at least, that starting off with a completely fresh team would always make you anxious no matter yeah, what. definitely. Yeah. It's definitely going to be hard this year, but Jeff is really hopeful that the team's going to do well. And there's a lot of young talent on the team. Mm-hmm. We have returners like Jessica Gertz. She was shot la- uh, last year. She shot forty percent from the three. It's going to okay. be a big season for her. She's going to have to lead the team and just show leadership in general. And yeah, it's a young team. They're excited. It's a young team, but they have room to grow. Yeah, that's exactly. that's the main thing. Yeah, and Kevin, you've been working on uh, you know a series of preview pieces on on some of the key players. Why don't you get into a little bit about maybe what the starting five might look like for the 49ers? So definitely, Jessica Gertz is going to be starting at the two. She's a 5'10", uh, 5'10 guard. She shoots lights out. She mm-hmm. also has the ability to drive so she can break down defenses. And everything else everything else is kind of, like, um, unsure. But from my perspective, I think Martina McCohen will be starting. She's a junior. She has more experience than the freshman, so she'll probably uh-huh. be taking the... Hey, what's her, like, previous record like if we have those numbers in front of us? Previous record? Yeah, in, in terms of, like, from the... Uh, what is it? The three throw... Free throw line, um, like shot percentage, and so on and so forth. I can oh, pull for those who? Over right now? Uh, for your team lead, uh, Martinez, I believe, was your next name. Uh, well, <laughs> Jessica Gertz. Just she, it, I'm. <laughs> she led the team from the three point line. Okay. She shot about forty percent from three, which is that's pretty effective. Oh, you already meant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Last season looked like. Looking at last season's stats, she thought she shot just around forty percent from. 
uh, uh-huh. from the three-point line, not yeah. so much the, the free-throw line. Also, she averaged 6.9 points a game. That's pretty good, Yeah, uh, especially for a shooter. You know, it's it's hard to get hot uh-huh. uh, shooting, it, shooting it deep. But, you know, she has that threat this season, which is going to be the, definitely big for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what's really important about her game is that she works well off-ball, so she doesn't need the ball to be effective. She can go around screens. She can find open spots to shoot. So just for like the purposes of, say, passing, guarding. Yeah, and, she's a yeah. very effective player. And most of these other players, like Martina, she she didn't get a lot of minutes last year, but because there's so many new faces and new players, she's going to have to take those minutes that she couldn't get last year. She only averaged about 2.3 points and 1.5 assists this year, but she's definitely going to have to step up for the team. Mm-hmm. Hey, Kevin, let me ask you, you you've talked a lot with, with Kamen, the new coach. Yeah. Um, how is what's what's his uh, you know what's his confidence level at? You feel like I mean, there's been a, a new coach, you know, with the yeah. volleyball program that didn't quite go so well, I guess yeah. you could say. But you know, talk about how his his attitude is going into the season. He's definitely very excited. If you ever see Jeff, like you could see how excited he is. Whenever I, I when I met him, like he was just excited to see me, mm-hmm. even though he didn't know me. But you could tell, like he he's confident in his team, but he knows that it's going to be a struggle at first. Yeah, and yeah, he's just. He looks like he's happy to be here. He wants to coach, and I think he's going to be good. And what's uh, Jeff's previous experience with um, coaching and women's basketball? Oh, I know he's uh, been, like, assistant coaches for other schools. Mm-hmm. I don't know what exact schools right now, but he's had a lot of previous I'm pretty sure he was here for a few years also. He he helped out with the Long Beach State program mm-hmm. as an assistant for at least a couple of years, I know that. And he's kind of made it full circle to the head coaching job. So he's got to be excited to yeah. get down on the court of that first game. Uh, one more note on the women's basketball team. They're starting off uh, against Pepperdine this season at the Walter Pyramid, which they were 12-1 and one at last mm-hmm. season. So they can definitely protect the home court. Um, and like I said, they're looking to do a lot of the same as they did last year. Um, yeah, with that, we're going to go transition into the men's basketball team now. Mm-hmm. Another interesting uh, team here at Long Beach State. Not a lot of success last season, um, but they have had a pretty decent start, I guess you could say. You know, they had a scrimmage against CSU Bakersfield where they had some good signs showing, ultimately ended up losing, but transitioned into the homecoming game, um, which was on Saturday, and actually had a sellout at the Pyramid, which is, uh, you know, pretty rare, but for the homecoming game, not so rare, actually. You know, a lot of the the fans get pumped up for that game. You know, they got a lot of students and alumni back out there. they got to a slow start, and they're going back and forth with Cal State Dominguez Hills. That's the Toros. Um, but the second half was actually a different story. 49ers came out 87-71 to 71, uh, in, front of the, in front of the final crowd. That was 4,227 strong. Mm. Cool. Yeah, and then after the game, coach, head coach uh, Dan Munson quoted saying, you know, it was a great game for us. The crowd was awesome for homecoming. Mm-hmm. And overall, it was just a fun day for our guys. So definitely a good kickstart to the season. Um, which they're going to also start this weekend as well. That was a like a home game during homecoming as well. That's uh, yeah. That's a little bit. I don't know. Uh, it it's nice. It's just nice to start the season off well. Then definitely, and yeah. not the strongest opponent in mm-hmm. Cal State Dominguez right. Hills. It's it's fun to have someone come in and, and beat up on them though, especially when you're trying to get. <laughs> oh, try, that statistic, <laughs> man. You, you sports guys, but jeez. Yeah, you gotta you gotta Damn, make the home you crowd. Know? You gotta give that sellout crowd a show, right? Yeah. A lot of dunks and alley oops. I'm sure there's. To plenty of those in there. Just going globe trotters out there, you know. That's the idea, yeah. um, especially with the homecoming game. But you know, when the when the regular season actually gets started, they're going to be heading up north, um, up at uh, University of San Francisco for their first opening game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be 
Correct, correction, it's actually at San Francisco State at 7 p.m. on Tuesday. All right, cool, cool. And then do we have some dirtbag news for us? or? Not quite yet. Not quite yet. Not dirt quite. Bags is, is, I'm, uh, I'm right. saving the dirt bags for last. In case you didn't know, guys, I'm the beat reporter for the dirt bags. Um, I put in the time last year, so I do get excited about talking dirt bags. But I think, I Joel, you, you might be a little more anxious than I, I am. I, you know what it is? I just really <laughs> love the team name, the dirt bags. Right. It's the best, right? Yeah, yeah no, it's it's just great. I'm just thinking of, like, you know, scummy, like, just, like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's great. And that's the idea. That's the team's attitude. But we'll get to that. We'll get All to right. that. Okay. We got to start. Going, ta- we got to, we got to, we got to touch on the the women's volleyball team yeah oh man is right it's been a hard season it's been tough they uh currently sitting at 17 7 i'm sorry 7 and 19 and 4 and 9 in the big west Mm -hmm. um they just got beat up on at hawaii in their guess you could call homecoming game their senior night um it was in front of a crowd of 8,631 at the stan sheriff center in honolulu which is a huge crowd yeah um had to be fun for the team but Obviously, the result wasn't. They got yeah, split. you're you're in Hawaii, but you lost basically. Yeah, you, you got you got to do a little nice vacation thing, but yeah, yeah. But it's it, their season's just kind of been. Uh, I'm gonna say it was just a disappointment. You know, uh-huh. last year they showed some good signs, um, especially in conference play. Uh, this year they got a new coach. Um, Joy McKenzie Forbringer. That's right. Yeah, she she's come on for her first year, replacing Brian Gimilaro, who's. Iconic for mm-hmm. women's or just volleyball in general at Long Beach State, um, and it wasn't very successful first season. But you know that's that's to be expected with some. There's a transition process for players and coaches as well. So um, I got the feeling that the athletic department is going to back uh, Joy. Yeah, definitely. With all her like experience and there was just a lot of injuries this season, you can't really blame her. It's her first season. I think she's going to have another chance next year. And if, if there's no injuries on the court. I think things are going to be good. Yeah, they got a couple mm-hmm. more games this season too. Uh, you know, a chance to end out, end on a high note. Yeah, they're going to be playing UC Riverside on Friday, and then Cal State Fullerton at 7 p.m. as mm-hmm. well. Uh, now we're going to transition to men's water polo. Actually, one of the better teams that you might not know about here at uh, at Long Beach State. It's they're number seven currently in the country, and they dominated Loyola Marymount 20 to six the other day. Um, their record currently 13 and 11. They were led by redshirt sophomore Austin Stewart, who had five goals in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, their final regular season game will be Friday against number six UC Irvine. It'll be a tough one there, and uh, interesting to see what they can do heading into the playoffs. Um, women's soccer, another rough tough season, season. another yeah. rough season, just like the volleyball. Uh, but this one, this time, instead of maybe lack of experience, you got to chalk it up to injuries. They had two major injuries to the team. Mm-hmm. First one and forward, Ashley Gonzalez. She's the she's the face of the team. Mm. She went out in the third game of the season, so they pretty much went the entire year without her. So what? Just like classic soccer injuries, like shin splint. Yeah, it was yeah. actually a tour. She tore her ACL in the third Ooh, game. Yeah. yeah, you never want to see that. It's mm-hmm. it's it's always real sad, especially when someone's such a big part of the team like Ashley uh-huh. was. Um, so yeah, they had a hard time recovering from that. Um, Long Beach State sophomore defender Caitlin Fergulia actually was named the Big West Conference Defensive Player of the Year for 2017, which is a nice kind of consolation for the team. Um, but she actually ended up getting hurt as well. She tore her Achilles tendon late in the season, so wasn't able to finish the year. Um, but overall, they'll be looking to improve next season as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good program they have here. Um, they should be okay moving forward. 
And Joel, it's finally time. It's finally dirtbag time. Oh yeah, dirt in your last baseball. three minutes. So let's. Three minutes. <laughs> okay, let's let's, let's do I, it. I got this. All right. So biggest story for Long Beach State baseball, most definitely, is the release of their schedule in the last couple of days. Some uh-huh. huge, huge teams on that schedule. Um, starting off, of course, you got to start with the Cal State Fullerton series. Ooh, that that I mean, at least from like my sore introduction here, I'm I get the sense <laughs> that that's our classic rivals. It's classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I was just there like a week ago covering a whole protest thing, but it's, it's basically like you know alternate universe Cal State right. Long Beach. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even me, yeah. even me and their beat reporter have have little rivalries. That we <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so the the highlighted by them, they're they're the number six team in the nation as last season ended. Long Beach State currently at number. Eight, but they're also going to be going out to Texas for two series against top ten teams in the country in TCU. That's going to be February 23rd through the 25th, and then also out to College Station in Texas to play Texas A&M, the strong Aggies there. So it's going to be mm-hmm. fun this year. It's going to be a pretty big test as to you know how the team can respond to having eight guys drafted last year, seven of which signed yeah. to play Major League Baseball. So, like a lot of the teams here, some fresh faces, and it's yeah. going to be interesting to see. Uh-huh. So, you ha- you basically have eight people on their way out. Yeah. They're gone. Yeah. yeah. You're gone. So you got to cut it's, ties. It's, it's a transfer <laughs> of power. Yeah. That's right. There's some returners. Uh, John Sheik's a junior. I'm sorry. He's a senior starter now. He's looking to be the Dirtbag's ace this year, and he's going to be a big part of their success if they are going to be successful this year. All right, cool, cool, cool. And with that, wrapping up the dirt bags, we are going to be moving into some music, and then after that, I'm going to try and find some ads that aren't, you know, Subway or El Pollo Loco to play <laughs> on here. You might hear from some electric hair or maybe something else. Anyway, and those were some ads from some people, uh, such as electric hair and health services and whatnot so you know get your haircut and then get yourself checked for them stds but <laughs> anyway uh speaking of things that you may need to go for health services for we are talking about um the water on campus uh so uh once again miranda's back in the sea unfortunately our though. sportsmen have left i kicked them out yeah my time to they were them. they were banished from the <laughs> studio in shame but, you know too long. They did not get to the dirt bag soon enough, quite frankly. <laughs> um, all right, um, but no, let's uh, let's talk about water in the Michelin building. Michelin building. Really, I got it right. No, no, you, that is like a food reference. Mich- restaurants like Michelin stars. That's Mi- what you get when you're a really good chef. Are Michelin are like the Michelin man, like the tire individual? Yes. I don't want to talk about that man. Oh, I mean, is the Michelin Man a man? We're not doing this. We're not doing... Okay. We're talking about the Macintosh building. Macintosh, okay. We're talking about the Macintosh building, and, um, well, essentially, it was confirmed today that um, the drinking fountains in the Macintosh building have water that contain um, a certain amount of lead. Um, now, how was this discovered? You might ask. Um, by you didn't ask. Uh, yeah, well, you might ask. how? Hey, Miranda, <laughs> I talked to you about the, this in the newsroom earlier. How was the water lead discovered? By students, perhaps. It was actually by students, which is very interesting mm. and very. Um, Inspirational because it was a chemistry 100 class. Um, and these intro students, man. Yeah, intro intro students just testing water as mm-hmm. they do. I believe you know every semester. I think is what I heard that they really the frequency of which they test the water. But I mean, anyway, at least someone's doing it. <laughs> anyway, um, they are they tested 10 different sites um, 
including or along with the Macintosh building. Mm-hmm. And all the other sites ended up being clean, but uh, Macintosh tested uh, positive for you know, having lead. Now, yeah. what I hear from our news editor, shout out to Kat. Yeah, Kat. She also wrote the story for us last night, yeah, she too. she did. She did. She was up for a while. Uh-huh. Um, but she did say that um, they're going to actually be running, like the university will be running tests on all of the water yeah. um, this Friday. Uh-huh. Well, um, I mean, also, if you notice, particularly yesterday, the closure of, like, water fountains and water bottle mm-hmm. refilling stations extended much, much beyond the actual Macintosh building. I remember frustratingly during our production night, like, wandering around, like, the entire, entire liberal arts set of buildings. It was a dehydrated night last night, indeed. Um, Yeah, they've all been taped off until, I believe, the water can be, all the water can be checked and confirmed that it's safe to drink. Well, but see, man, the thing is, they're not all taped off. For instance, Liberal Arts 1, second floor by the restrooms, that one is still perfectly functional. I rolled the lead dice not too long ago. Oh, Oh. Yeah, if I have brain damage tomorrow or I'm not on air next week, we'll know how that turned out. Okay, thank you. Doing it for journalism. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I honestly, the the only thing I can chalk that up to is the fact that this is all such new information for administration. We've been having a very fun time trying to cover this story just because... um, it's brand new. Yeah. You know, we just got a tip about it yesterday. Within an hour of receiving that tip and calling, you know, um, spokesperson Terry Carball, an email was sent out yeah. to the College of um, Liberal Arts professors. But I not think. the students, man. But not the students. I, I did not see anything until this morning. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was nothing that was sent out to the students, which is funny because I believe they started taping them off in the afternoon yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, um, and they haven't even taped all of them off because you're right. In LA, five on the second floor, there's still one open, um, totally functional. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, at what point should you really actually be worried about lead being in the water? Because, I mean, I. I've been living with LA plumbing for the last couple months, and there have been nights where it, I pour myself a nice glass of tap water, and it's so cloudy that I question whether or not I should actually drink that. It's a very, um, I mean, honestly, we have all sorts of water pollution questions. I was just reading an article on Flint, Michigan, and how, mm. you know, their water is still terrible and um, has been blamed, actually, for a surge in miscarriages in that uh, community. So that's terrible. Yeah. Um, in, in regard to here... I would say that while it's not, I personally am not like terrified or yeah, anything. Yeah, I mean, like that. I'm I'm clearly not either. Yeah, you know, but we're, it, we're not the trying same, to fearmonger here or anything like that. At the same that. time, yeah. though, it's like you know we are paying for an education. We have all of this construction mm-hmm. happening on campus. Actually, the November project was supposed to wrap up in November. You know, the one right outside Brotman Hall. Yeah, it's the, still going the reason on. the turnarounds closed. I mean. Speaking of which, that's kind of my beat. The reason half the campus is closed, pretty much. Or not half, but like a really... Like, you know, uh, like the reason central. it takes like 10 minutes.
minutes to like come in and get parking here yeah, if you come exactly. in after nine. There's yeah. a lot of construction happening on campus right now, but you know, lead poisoning and lead uh, contamination in water happens when pipes are corroding because it's the pipes that's getting in the water. Yeah. You know? Um I do uh hope for administration and the university the university to handle this as swiftly as possible, but I doubt it'll actually Especially for the Macintosh building, I doubt it'll be repaired before the end, the beginning. I don't know, man. Uh, the Macintosh building has been like a host of issues this semester too. Yeah, elevator, yeah. Toxic water. Yeah. So, it's funny. That's where a uh, good old uh, CFA president is as well, mm-hmm. um, Douglas Poroste. Mm-hmm. He's D- a good guy. D- doubt you're listening, but shout out, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, also, another breaking news. I don't know how much you know about um, the tentative pay agreement for faculty. Are we not quite in a position where we can talk about that yet? I am not. That story is actually being written right now yeah. by our assistant news editor, James Chow, and it's exactly why he couldn't come in and talk on air today. Yeah. Um, but no, I did hear, though, that um, they were reaching a tentative agreement to give faculty some sort of raise, and it's like, Maybe two percent, but please don't quote me. I really have no yeah, idea. Yeah, no. I mean, this is once again, guys. The, the luxury of talking into a mic is you can speculate, but you also need to remember speculation. I'm speculating. I'm not writing this. You're, we are not writing this. Ways. It is going to be in tomorrow morning's paper, though. So. And what is in tomorrow morning's paper will be as close to the truth as we can manage. But at this moment, I just we we don't know I, yet. I don't. I don't know. I would have to talk to James. Um, but yeah. But yeah. All right. Um, cool. Um, do we have anything else uh, that's worth pimping on the? I would just say look out for the water story. Honestly, mm. it's still it's still developing. There definitely is um, a contaminant in the Macintosh building water. Uh-huh. Um, there definitely is. A, a, there are a lot of faculty who use that building. It's pretty much all faculty offices and students who are in and out of there as well. Um, look out for you know what we can get out of the uh, results once all the water on campus is tested. Now there's kind of a microscope on this whole water situation. Yeah, so I mean, do we get contact by um, one of Fox's local affiliates? We did, yeah. yeah. We um, we did. As far as I know, we have not reached uh, out to them because um, at the time we were um, not totally 100% sure about the story. We hadn't yet talked to um, the chemistry professor uh-huh. who, you know, her class administered the tests and stuff. So we wanted to wait on that. But yeah, no, we've been reached out to. Um, it's definitely a, it's a breaking story. It, it's, yeah, yeah it, it is still in development. It will probably be in development for a little while. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of next week and the week after next, don't we have a special issue coming out soon? As we well? do. We have a special issue um, that is coming out this Monday. Uh, it will be um, spotlighting local, local, local shops and stores and markets and bookstores in Long Beach. Yeah. Um, we got a lot of great content coming in. I'm writing something. Pretty much everyone on staff is as well and we've just kind of gathered um you know various stories from um from various parts of long beach we have we're covering uh gatsby books yeah covering, you know places on metro row and in um also to, to do that rec- vip record store mm-hmm. we have a story about that coming in yeah so i talked to uh cool. the guy from vip um 
about two weeks ago um, mm-hmm. while reporting on Beach Streets. Mm-hmm. So nice guy. That will be an interesting little take on there. Mm-hmm. But I think we are going to close these last five minutes out for you guys with some music. If I can just get a second to actually pull something up because I did not think about that before I started talking. Play yep. that funky music, White Boy. White Boy. That, that's not that's a song, isn't it? I know. It, I know it's a song. But anyway, um, if you are listening to all this online, unfortunately, we will be cutting it out because we're, you know, it will be on SoundCloud, basically. So if you missed the beginning of this, check it out. Uh, we are working on putting it on our website as well. Yes. So look out for us. Uh-huh. We're coming up. Yep, we are coming up. And you were listening to the D49er update. Um, I'm going to play a little bit of music here, and we'll see you next week, um, Wednesday nights, 7 to 8 o'clock. See you guys.